0: Hello, plumbers, and welcome to episode three in our Pelvic Power podcast series. Today, we are specifically talking about whether to pelvic floor or not to pelvic floor. Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for
1: you to guide you through. Let's take some time for
0: you. It's pregnancy with fizzy. Hello, mothers, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Laura podcast. Today is the third, unfortunately, final episode in our Pelvic Power podcast series with the incredible Bernadette Lack, who is a midwife, PT, mummer of two, and all-round epic legend who is teaching us all about the pelvis in this podcast series. So if you haven't already, go and check out episodes one and two. They are packed full of amazing information all about our vulva, our vaginas, our anatomy, all about moving the pelvis in a really whole and holistic way and different positions you can get yourself in throughout the day to make sure we have good pelvic balance. Now, carrying on from that pelvic balance podcast, which was the last one that you would have listened to, we are talking specifically about the pelvic floor today. Now, in this pelvic floor chat, I've titled it to pelvic floor or to not pelvic floor. Now, that might seem a little bit controversial because I It seems a bit black and white. It seems like I'm saying, should we do pelvic floor exercises or should we never do pelvic floor exercises? And I'm just being a bit cheeky with my wording, just for creativity, for no other reason, because nothing is black and white. So I am not saying, nor is B saying, you should not do pelvic floor exercises. What we're doing is just shining light on the importance of relaxing your pelvic floor, of moving your pelvic floor in different ways, of having a whole pelvic balance. So I just want you to remember when you're listening to this episode that we're not saying can the pelvic floor, because absolutely not. You'll know in my Pregnancy Posse program and in everything I preach, connecting in with your pelvic floor and squeezing your pelvic floor is a huge part of what I do because it's really important to know where that muscle is and to be able to strengthen it when it is weak. But what we're trying to highlight in this episode today is that so often the focus is on stronger, longer, better, tighter. And I think we need to shift from that paradigm. The importance now needs to be on balance. And if you're going to strengthen your pelvic floor, it also needs to be relaxed because no muscle is good if it's constantly in a tense state. So I just wanted to preface this episode with that, just in case you listen to this out of context and you think, oh my God, are they saying don't ever do pelvic floor again? <laughs> so I really hope you love this episode. Please come on over to at physiolaura Laura and let me know your favorite takeaways from this episode. And whether you consciously do relax your pelvic floor or whether that's something that you struggle with and that you really need to work on, I'd so love to hear from you. I love hearing feedback about where women are at in their journeys and what they have troubles with and what they got out of the podcast series. So please come on over and let me know. And if you loved hearing from B, which I know you're going to love, please go check her out at Core and Flora Store. She has a wealth of information on her Instagram. Go check out her website. She has amazing programs that she offers and she's got really incredible services. So go check her out and make sure you subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast because we have some epic podcast series coming out this year. And I would hate for you to miss out because it doesn't come up in your newsfeed. So do subscribe. Otherwise let's get into this final chat. Let's chat all about the public floor. Enjoy. Now B, I want to talk about Specifically, we've talked about the importance of the balance in the pelvis. I think everyone can appreciate the importance of that now, but I want to hone in on those pelvic floor muscles because at the end of the day, I don't know about your clientele, but apart from how do I move at my work desk, the other most common question I get is everything to do with the pelvic floor. How often should I do pelvic floor? How do I squeeze my pelvic floor? How do I, to be honest, I was about to say, how do I relax my pelvic floor? I don't get so many women asking that. And that's what I want to talk to. So, Those women who are under the impression that it's about squeeze all day long, get those muscles as strong as possible. How do you talk to women about pelvic floor exercises in their pregnancy? Because often this is when it comes to light that they need to strengthen this muscle. They need to get really strong for birth. I want you to talk to those women first and how you would approach starting pelvic floor exercises. And then I want you to talk to the women leading up to birth who are worried about doing pelvic floor in case it hampers their ability to birth? Because that's also a really common question that I get. So let's start with women who just want to go harder, stronger, longer, pelvic floor all day long. What's your approach to these women? What do you tell them?
1: I think we're at a really pivotal pivotal point in our research at the moment around pelvic spores, and I really think we will probably move more away from it. And the experts in this field that I really look up to certainly are. They're looking more towards movement. So to understand kegels, Kegels are named after a gynecologist called Dr. Arnold Kegel, who invented them, inverted commas, and also invented a tool to measure them in the 1940s, I think it was. And I mean, the way I explain it is if you came to me and said, right, B, I want to get a really great, strong glute. And I said, okay, cool. Stand there and squeeze it and then release it and squeeze it and release it, squeeze it and release it. Do you think your glutes would work very functionally at the end of an eight week squeezing program? I don't believe squeezing and releasing our pelvic floor at random times, sitting in the car at traffic lights, is actually conducive and what our body needs. It doesn't make sense that it would be. I know there is some research around it, but what we're seeing now is research that actually is showing that it's movement and a holistic approach. That is needed. And so, with my programs and the way I speak about it, it's really about working with the body and working with to ensure that you're not straining against the core or the pelvic floor, that you're moving and working with it. And so, I will teach that. And so, I really bring that core and pelvic floor co activation into movement, functional movement throughout our day and exercise because. The reality is that, yeah, while you might encourage your partner after you've put the kids to bed to do a 10-minute workout together to try and get more movement in, we need to be protecting ourselves throughout the day. So there's no point doing 10 minutes of key for example, or 10 screens for 10 seconds if you're then working against your body for the rest of the day. And so it's really important that going from sitting to standing puts more pressure on the pelvic floor than lifting weights. And so how often do we go from sitting to standing? A lot. And so we want to work with the body and so typically the way to do that is to protect with an exhale and so people say blow as you go and, and so exhaling to come up on effort but you can also use the pelvic floor and the core to support you. And I think that's what's really lacking in the fitness industry is we talk about the core but the pelvic floor is part of the core unit and we really need to understand the core unit as one piece as opposed to just these pelvic floor muscles because there's 36 muscles that attach to the pelvis and calling it a pelvic floor is detrimental in itself because it's not a floor. If we appreciate the angle of the dangle, it's much more a wall. And so we have this belief that the pelvic floor holds everything up. That's a very pre-1980s thought. And I've been quoted. I mean, I say that in my programs. Is saying that it holds everything up. It doesn't. It's part of a support system, but it's not the be all and end all. And it's really our whole body needs a huge holistic approach to it. And so in birth, we get this idea that we have to have a strong pelvic floor but for what the pelvic floor doesn't push the baby out the pelvic floor needs to lengthen 3.7 times its size which it is a function of right when people first discovered that and it was men that discovered that they said it was impossible well it happens so it's not impossible and it's also a function of it it's a normal function of the pelvic floor to do that what isn't a normal function is to push our babies out with our pelvic floor. So yes, we want some strength in that muscle to support the baby's rotation through the pelvis. So typically the pelvic floor, we think the pelvic floor sits like this, but in reality, on a live human, the muscle would sit more like this so it can actually contract and relax. And so the, around, that, around the active kind of stage of labor, around the six centimeter mark, that pelvic floor would sit more up around the ischial spine. And so the strength is important to support the baby as it comes down onto, into that space and gives it a bit of resistance to help rotate, right? That's the belief of the importance of the strength. But then we want the pelvic floor to come down and lengthen and move out of the way. And that's where the balance is important. And so learning to do both equally is is vital for birth. Also understanding how our bodies physiologically push our babies out, which is the contraction of the uterus and understanding the fetal ejection reflex is key. And most maternity care providers don't. Most maternity care providers, midwives and doctors don't understand or even allow for the fetal ejection reflex to occur because we start coaching people to push based on what the cervix is doing as opposed to where the baby is in relation to the pelvis. So the way I talk to people about it is we want a whole body that is in balance. And how do we do that? We do that with exercise. We do it with breastwork. We do it with connection. We do it with body workers. We do it with being mindful of how we use our bodies through the day. And that might seem really overwhelming. And you may start catching yourself after listening to this podcast If you catch yourself, that's epic because awareness creates behavior change. It's not about being perfect here. It's about doing the very best we can with what we have. And your very best might be that, okay, you start seeing allied health care provider more frequently. And this goes for postpartum too. I think so much, we're so geared in pregnancy to look after ourselves because our energy is on that baby and the birth. And then in postpartum, we'll take our babies to see like an osteo, but we won't take ourselves to see one. And so really valuing your postpartum body is if we really cared about family's health, we would care about the mother and we would heal and nourish and support the mother first and foremost. And I mean, you and I, we said we want to do an old podcast on self-care, but this is the crust of it. If you don't, if you don't have the capacity to care, you you won't have the capacity to care for others if you aren't well yourself. And we all know that you've got to fill your cup first, but we, so as a society, we really don't value that. We think that we're vulnerable and weak if we take a break and we're not good mothers. That you can't be a good, in inverted commas, because there's no such thing. We're all just doing the best we can. But you have to be able to look after yourself. So yeah, when I talk about pelvic floor health, I think we've gotten really caught up on the pelvic floor muscles and we really need to actually just focus on the body as a whole. We need to focus on connect more connection to the pelvis and the reproductive organs and just understanding them being connected with space. So, I mean, often lengthening is the first thing and really when we think about what the world has been through and specifically, I mean, when we look at Australia, we really think about Victoria and Melbourne. And because they've had more lockdowns than anywhere else in the world, if our thoughts are tense, our body is tense. And so what we're seeing more than ever now is tension in the body. And some people will hold that tension in their jaw. And if you're holding it in your jaw and face, you're holding it in your pelvic floor as well, or your pelvic bowl. And we see this with mothers. They have so much hip pain. If you've got hip pain or you're a butt clencher, right? So many people have butt clenchers. That plays into the pelvic floor. So really my biggest thing is get a care provider that can assess you and work with your body individually. And that's really hard because this stuff isn't publicly funded and that's not okay. I broke my hand and I had four months of publicly funded follow-up. I had a prolapse and no one even asked me about it. This is huge. It's how we respect motherhood and how we respect postpartum and we just don't. And Mm. most people are having issues and I really see the issues that women face in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. They're issues that are left over from pregnancy and birth that they never healed from. They just never got around or never even knew. And now it's not related. Now they don't make the connection. But I mean, the connection is clear as clear as a clear sky on a beautiful day for me. It's like, yeah, that's a pregnancy and birth related issue or a postpartum issue that people go, oh, because it's your neck, it's your back, it's your hips, it's your knees. Like my mom's had knee and hip surgery. She doesn't need knee and hip surgery. She's still got the same pay she had the knee and hip surgery for. And there's a lot in her body that needs to heal. And often mm-hmm. this is emotional as well. And, you know, what I saw when I started training people is exercise will take you so far and it's epic and we love it. But the emotional stuff is what often blocks us from fully healing and so that's why I talk so much about our stories because Mm. it's an inhibitor to fully healing and fully connecting so yeah we want balance in the pelvic bowl and that's not just the pelvic floor there's other muscles in there like the obturator and the periformis and they're just as important because we need space in the pelvis for our babies to move through and so if there's tension there there's less space birth we like we're so caught up in baby's weight Birth is not about weight. It's about dimension. And if we understood this, we'd understand how important that balance was in the pelvic bowl. You'd have a 2.5 kilo baby and a 4.5 kilo baby, and their dimensions can be the same, but we don't get And then, okay, yeah, we're talking about force. Well, weight's going to matter in that, but why are we forcing? Right? We're forcing because we don't understand birth. We don't understand pushing, and we've created pushing, and that has just destroyed our bodies, really. If you sat and pushed a pool out for that long, laying down, and I know they said this before, but it's really think about that. And somehow we've normalized that's how we bring our babies into the world. It's not physiologically meant to birth. We have created that, and we've often created it for our own comfort. In talking about maternity care providers' comfort, right, because it's much easier to catch a baby when you're on your back on your bed or policies that aren't Mm. often evidence-based.
0: So much to think about there, B. I think before we wrap up, what could you leave the listeners with? Those women who are sitting there going, Yep, I clench my butt. Yep, I suck my abs in. Or B, for the person sitting there listening to this who knows that their butt's clenched right now, their abs are sucked in, they're always holding on tight, trying to practice that quote unquote picture where they've probably got a lot of tension in their pelvic floor, but they don't know how to unwind. How do they unravel this? Do you just have like one? tangible thing that they can go away after listening to this and start working on to help release overactivity and that tension
1: well, becoming aware so just becoming aware of it and starting to let it go let it go <laughs> so it's got a beautiful voice <laughs> oh my you're so kind (laughs) that's got an effort to me um it's really about awareness so actually dropping into your body again it's connection can you drop into your body can you take some breaths and let it go for butt clenches my number one tip is to stagger your feet because you can't actually clench your bum and just being aware of when you do it so I was a butt clencher in my kitchen when I was home with two kids alone because I hated it and so if I if you open a cupboard door and you stick one leg up on the bottom shelf you won't actually be able to butt clench but a lot of it is self-massage doing more using more massage tools and starting to release tension in that area but the biggest thing apart from connecting with your body is connecting to your mind why are you clenching why are you feeling stressed what is the underlying reason behind the tension is it that you think that everything's falling out so you have to clench Is it that you're actually just really unsupported? You're not, you don't have healthy boundaries. You're not self-caring. You're at capacity and everything's driving you nuts. And instead of being able to feel your feelings, you're in them. And then that is coming out in body tension. This is the biggest stuff I work with in the workshops that we do. And then the coaching that I do online, it's really understanding your story. Why is the tension there? My prolapse symptoms will only ever show up when I'm holding body tension, when I'm clenching my pelvic floor, my prolapse is from tension. And so I work on lengthening that pelvic floor brain connection back, yes. But it's also like, it's a beautiful, I love my prolapse symptoms now. It's like this indicator of, okay, what's going on for you? It's this beautiful little message. And that's what pain is. We see pain as this awful thing, but if what happens if we reviewed the way we looked at it, when actually pain is a beautiful message, it's a beautiful way of your body talking to you and saying, hey, something's up. And sometimes it's physical, <laughs> sure. Most often it's physical and emotional and that addressing that deep emotional cause for the tension is what often decreases our pain and pain is often referred right like it's often the cause of it is from a different area to where we feel it and emotions can be one of those things so and I think we see this so much in motherhood because we have ruined it (laughs) totally my husband was always like you always say ruined but we have we've ruined it like it's not we were never meant to do this on our own there's meant motherhood is meant to look like mom's like a mum's group 24-7. When I lived in that village in the Solomons, you never knew you know, which children belonged to which family because all the kids were together, all the women were together, all the men were together. And I know we've moved away from that and we can integrate more. And there's pros and cons of every situation, obviously. I don't want to live with my family. I'm happy living with just my husband. But in hard. <laughs> postpartum is hard. So now in a modern world, how do we make that easier? And that comes down yeah. to all the other work I do, which is self-care, boundaries, knowing your capacity and being able to feel your feelings because suppressed feelings yeah. really take a huge toll on the body. And there's an amazing book by Gabor Mate called When the Body Says No, that talks a lot about this and all the conditions we now see that are being diagnosed more and more. He links them, a lot of them, especially like ADHD, his new book has just been released and it all on it. And he links it to the feelings being suppressed. He, his work is phenomenal. So if anyone that, that you know, really just look him up if you're interested in any of this emotional stuff, but mm. yeah, his work is phenomenal.
0: So yeah. Yeah, no, know, I love him. I actually listened to a podcast of his yesterday. So it's funny that you mentioned him because I do like his work, but I think what it's coming full circle to what we spoke about at the start of this interview is connection with self, connection with your pelvis, tuning in to you. And like you said, it might be emotional. What's up right now? Is this something that you're feeling? Or it might be physical, like you have been sitting too much and now you are tired and you are sore and whatnot. But just tuning in, my connection with myself is that I asked my body, what are you trying to tell me right now? And I think that's really powerful. Thank you so much for joining me. I think this has been a really cool chat about pelvises in a way that a lot of women may to learn about x y and z of what can i physically do to do this have left with like whoa you might have come in for something different to what you left with so i like that so i really appreciate you coming on i've been wanting to connect with you for a while i really loved being in the same space as you physically and now being able to connect with you here and we're gonna go surfing in queensland one day right yeah get us here (laughs) (laughs) thank you B. have a wonderful
1: day well thanks See you, everyone. Thanks for
0: listening. Hey, I hope you love this chat with B, all about the pelvic floor. And like I said, when I was introducing this chat, remember, we are not saying don't ever do your pelvic floor exercise again. There is so much good, strong research out there that says pelvic floor exercises are really good for things like incontinence improving second stage or reducing second stage of labor time, helping to manage like so many different issues. We know pelvic floor is really important. My job as a women's health physio does revolve a lot around the pelvic floor, but it's not just about stronger, longer, more faster, better, tighter. That's not what we're going for. So that's what we're trying to dispel in this episode. We're trying to say, you know what, if you're going to contract that bad boy, you've got to relax that too. So it's about letting go. You'll know whenever I do pelvic floor exercises in my Pregnancy Posse program or on Instagram or Facebook, you'll know I always say, let it go in between, all the way back down to base. Let that elevator go. So it's really important to connect in with these muscles, but it's not about just smashing out kegels all day because we have a whole body that functions and our pelvic floor doesn't just work when we do kegels. It works as part of our whole system. So that's the message we're trying to get through today. So I really hope that you love that reframe. Maybe you've never heard of pelvic floor being spoken about in that way. I really hope you loved it. Please jump on over to App Physio Laura and let me know what you got out of today's episode. And please go and connect with B. You can find her at Core and Flora Store. She is an epic legend. I'm so happy I've got her on the podcast. I think I will bring her back for a second series talking about different topics like motherhood and self-care and things like that. She speaks really well to those topics. So we might get her back on the podcast later this year. If you're keen, let me know. Jump on in my messages on Facebook or Instagram at Physiolaura and let me know if you want me to get B back. Otherwise, mamas, I hope wherever you are, you are looking after yourself. You are tending to your own needs. You are tuning in with whatever your body is telling you it needs and that you're having a wonderful day. I will be in your ears shortly. So make sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast, and I'll chat to you soon. Bye.